Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Ashra Bennett, a certified executive transformational coach and mentor. Ashra is a modern-day visionary who has helped hundreds of thousands of people change their lives by separating themselves from the past to stop being defined by it. Let's meet Ashra so we can learn because we are all on this learning journey and I believe we do want to make the very best of it. Ashra Bennett, good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to uh, to be present. I am excited as well because, well, one of the things in terms of your pro- professional work, you're a transformational executive coach and mentor. So partly the mentor part, I'm hearing more, I think we're hearing more about the the need and the value of having a mentor. And here you are, you know, to, to fill that role for us, should we choose that, uh, or to find out at least more about it. But as a transformational coach, this is really key because uh, without doubt, we're living in a transforming time, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And I think undoubtedly most individuals are looking for what is it that I need next in my life in order for me to really reach my highest potential and capacity in whatever makes my heart sink. And for every individual, it's going to be uniquely uh, unique to them, right? Right. Yeah, so it's a it's a great period. Uh, whilst, you know, it's a very transformative period that we're experiencing as a collective it is a really big transformative period where we've come from a collective pause. You know, 2020 was that real collective shift where we really had to internalize where we were and where we were wanting to go. And yes, it has brought a lot of change of emotion. There's a lot of grief because we've lost a lot of lives. But in that same transformational window, it's really giving us an innovative period to really think outside the square and to really look at the way in which that we have been living our lives and how do we want to pivot and adjust accordingly to how we want to live our lives in the new trajectory moving forward. And so it's brought up a lot of transformation, a lot of change in individuals in the way that we think and the way that we feel and the way that we believe. So the thing, Ashra, with these times, it's been a lot of upheaval and there are people who will say, oh, we just want to get back to normal. But is that really um, wise? Is that practical? Is that really a way forward? So my first question would be, and it's a, it's a great question that you're posing, is what's normal? Because everyone's individual definition of normal is going to have a variation, right? And what is normal to me is not going to be normal to you because how we apply ourselves and how we express ourselves and how we view the world is unique to us as an individual. We all meet each moment within each day as far as we're prepared to meet ourselves emotionally, mentally, physically, juggling the multidimensionality of who we are. You know, we're we're not just this one-dimensional individual experiencing life. So it's a great question. In terms of what's moving forward, well, we don't live in the past. We have the now. And the unknown is that the future, it's yet to arrive. It's not definitive. We're creating it. We're co-creating it every day. So you know, returning back to the sense of normalcy, while, yes, in 2020, we, we did have that really um, jolt, that kind of um, knee-jerk response because it was such unknown territory. It was so foreign for all of us, not just an individual, but a collective. And we, we did tremendously to get through 2020. And, 
you know, that has brought back this sense of urgency to create some sort of normalcy and go back to normalcy. The reality is, is that there is no way of going back to what was. What was is what was. It's past tense. What we have is the now. And how are we going to reshape our own individual and collective destiny with what we have in this moment so that we're co-creating a better future, so that we don't repeat the same habitual um, negative connotations or things that actually don't enhance who we are or enhance our society by regurgitating them, you know, that kind of Groundhog Day of rinse, repeat, recycle. We don't want to do that. We're looking for more optimism and more optimal solutions moving forward. So I always love it when I get asked this question about the past and this sense of normalcy. Well, wouldn't you want to actually live your best life? And that's kind of the direction that I encourage people to really pause and ask themselves. Wouldn't you want to actually create a better harmonious existence for yourself where you're not just merely doing the Groundhog Day? Wouldn't you like to be living your highest potential? Because when we talk about normalcy is that that's kind of, you know, grinding at the wheel and all of the stickiness and all the, you know, the funky stuff that we used to have to work through. When we've got a clean slate, and right now we, we really do in many ways, is how do we want to paint that clean slate? Or if you to visualise it as a canvas, how many hues of colour and... and and how do you want the canvas to look? And what do you want the story to look like? And how do you want to experience the story? So I love the question. I'm curious. It, what prompted you to ask that? It's just a term or words that come up so often in just stories and comments that, that people yeah. will make, uh, even in news stories. Well, we just want to get back to normal. And mm-hmm. and I, with you, I think, well... Do was what we had really working? Yes, maybe it was for certain people, but was it for most people, most of us? No. Yeah, yeah and I love that you framed it that way, okay, because the reality is, is that it was really serving a secular few, not the majority of humanity. And, and you know, if we look at the um, the the dichotomy, and, and I don't really like to use that word because it has such a harsh emphasis to it, but there was a lot of um, polarity and a lot of dichotomy that was actually playing out in our society. And it was not benefiting the mass. And I think what has actually happened in the wake of COVID, it has really brought to light where we've got a lot of dichotomy in our system and where we actually have a lot of patriarchal tradition that has not actually benefited the mass. And, you know, when we look at our minority community, they really have not been given the voice and the prominent presence that they so rightly deserve. And they are equally contributing to the rise of our, our society, our communities from the grassroots up. And so part of that normalcy is that, okay, we really need to take stock and look at culturally where are, where are we going and are we actually advocating for true equality and are we really championing true diversity? And if we're doing that, then the normalcy of old isn't working. We need to now chart and charter a new trajectory moving forward where we're really bringing the, the voice of everybody together and giving everybody an equal platform to be championed, to be witnessed, to be celebrated. Um, and to co-create what a future looks like for all of the youth that are rising through. You know, the, the, the youth of today, they really are our future. So what are we communicating to them? And, you know, again, there is a minority of old that, yes, the, that sense of normalcy, it's working for a minority. It's a very small part of the populace at large. 
if we look at, you know, um, stats today, it's not working for the whole. So we're ad- we're adapting and it's going to be a bit of a journey to adapt to creating a new sense of normalcy, not the old sense of normalcy, if that makes sense, Kate. Truly, it, yes, it definitely does. And I feel as we go through this, as you've explained it, Ashra, that uh, moving forward, this might look messy or it might and it might feel uncomfortable it, yeah. because moving to this different space is not it's not a road that's already been built essentially we are as you said co-creating it yeah we are we're all visionaries and i think it's important to remember that we are all visionaries you know when we talk about being a visionary is it's something that's kind of like a dream state and that we're doing things, you know, a bit Einstein like, you know, behind closed doors and and creating uh, innovative products for people that we haven't yet brought to market. It's not like that. You know, if we think about us as everyday parents, as as everyday community leaders, as business owners, as as workers, as individuals that are Doing our part in our community, it's not about scale. We're all visionaries. We're all co-creating. And the interesting thing is that we never pause. We're not taught traditionally habitually to understand that change. We kind of glorify change as being this glorious exchange. Change is where we actually we get to that kind of pivotal point, that junction in the road, where we actually become a new version of ourselves. And we are constantly evolving, but we're not taught that we are constantly evolving. You know, we evolve from childhood into teenage years and the way in which that we view and we connect to the world organically morphs. And the same as when we step into being a young adult and then we take on responsibilities and then we move through and throughout our lives. Transformation and change is no different. So the future, that uncharted territory... Every time we're presented with a new option that is completely new to us, it's uncharted territory. We don't have a roadmap and go, oh, I, I take the, you know, the 405 and, and go straight ahead and that's going to get me to my destination. We've got unlimited possibilities. And with unlimited possibilities, it brings interpretation because people go, well, I don't know what's going to be right. Well, you don't know what you, you don't know. That's part of that beauty. There's a lot of beauty in the unknown because you get to choose. And in that choice is that you get to ask yourself some really pivotal questions. Is it aligned to what I love? Meaning, does it make me feel alive? You know, is it honoring my values? Is it in congruency with my beliefs? Does it celebrate who I am and what I'm about? And if not, well, then that's not the right choice for me. Next. What's the next opportunity? What's the next choice that's before me? So, yes, change is messy. Because change is, it gets us to ask ourselves the deeper questions. It gets us to go a little bit deeper than we previously may have been with who we are and what we're about and what lights us up from the inside out and the choices in which that we're making and the actions that we're taking and how we're choosing to feel day in, day out in our lives. So, yeah, there's, there's nothing glorified about change or transformation, but it's where we see the biggest growth in ourselves and I'm sure you, yourself, Kate, you know, you've had pivotal moments in your life where you've experienced things and on the other side of it, you've gone, wow, 
looking back objectively, I'm a completely different person, right? Right. Yes. And and that's the thing that is so powerful. Sometimes these life experiences really help us to move forward, but, but not necessarily. Sometimes we still can get stuck and have fear. Fear seems to be that thing that can hold us back and causes us to to not uh, have that faith or that trust, or it squashes that uh, the dreams and the love. So how do we encourage each other and ourselves to move through that? So fear is ever-present. So fear is the ego telling us as individuals to remain small, to be competitive, um, to stay in that lower density and to not uh, look to the unknown with joy or with possibility or with creativity and innovation and visionary. So it's interesting that we live in a society right now where everything is perpetuated off the back of fear. You know, one of the things that I observed through 2020 was the heightened in the perpetuation of fear to buy through the power of fear that we sell through the power of fear that we connect through the power of fear um, we connect, we're told to connect to our bodies through the power of fear and so this consumption people are consuming fear unbeknownst to them more than and you can probably hear the the smile on my face as I'm saying this because it's mind-boggling how much that we consume fear and so in terms of how do you break that chain it's it's to become more mindful of what you are connecting to, how much you're connecting to it, and how much are you actually feeding or buying into fear. I'll give an example. We're told that we need to vacation at certain locations. If we don't take vacations at these locations, then we're not quite good enough. If we're not driving the latest, you know, certain um, four-wheel drive or SUV or latest model car, then we're maybe not cutting the grade. There's a fear element to that. If we're not wearing the, the latest designer trends, if we're not actually creating the latest um, Instagram phase or TikTok phase, if we're not blowing up on social media, then we're not good enough. They're all perpetuations of fear and they erode at an individual's self-worth, self-love, self-capacity, self-care. So fear is a really interesting energy. But I want to just share that it's on the equal measure of what the vibration of love is. Fear only ever has power in our life if we ascertain it. If we give it more power, it will feed on more power. It has the same energy exchange as what love does. When we amplify love, how much do we feel more love? We do. It's an organic exchange, right? Fear is precisely the same. So fear is one of these interesting exchanges that if we live in a society that is perpetuated with fear, we need to be a little bit smarter in how we choose to interact with fear. So what does that look like? Well, it means that we need to be really self-parenting ourselves in the relationships that we have and the conversations that we have. And, you know, if it's constantly negative and toxic and it makes us feel yuck, then we need to make that, that decision. Do we want to continue to subscribe to that or with those individuals? Do we need to create a little bit of distance? And even sometimes that means family um, and really taking check to how much that we're tuning into to the media. You know, if watching the news every night is creating a level of anxiety in ourselves, well, then maybe you don't actually watch the news every night and unplug from social media. You know, right now more than ever, self-worth, self-love, self-care 
um, self-validation is pivotal. It's so important that we are really self-caring to ensure that fear is not the driving force because if we look at tradition and the ways of old, fear has been the driving force in how we've created a society. And right now, if we really want to make a change in the trajectory moving forward, we can't have the same relationship to fear. We need to drive with the power of love because, again, fear is only powerful if we denounce ourselves and we make that the driving force, that we're kind of at the whim of, of fear or we're at the whim of not having any choice. We always have choice every single day in how we want to show up for ourselves and how we want to show up for the world at large. So fear, okay, is one of those things that can be deeply entrenched into trauma and wounding for an individual. And I don't think it's a really a clean-cut answer. Everyone's response to fear is going to be slightly different depending on how they experience and how they are currently experiencing the world. I think for there's a, too much of a connotation of saying, well, be just mindful. Well, if you don't know how to be just mindful, <laughs> it can be a little hard to switch off. But being more observant of your environment being really observant of who you're interconnecting with and what kind of conversations that you're talking about. You know, a really good example of that would be COVID, right? It's become a very fearful exchange that people are very fear-driven to go outside and to connect with one another. And so that's created a fear of being connected to the body and then fear of what's actually going to happen in the unknown and that overriding, overarching fear energy as it is actually drowning out people's autonomy for empowerment and self to choose wisely for themselves, to listen with confidence, um, to not fear fellow hu humans, humanity, to actually, you know, take precautionary measures and follow guidance and advice, but also entrust that other hum humans are going to do the same. So it's just a shift in conscious awareness and it takes time. It's a it's a commitment to self. It's like a self-devotion. When you make that commitment, you want to exercise, then it's just repetition. It's commitment showing up every single day and just learning to change that love language with self so that fear is not such a driving force. And the, so then what we input into ourselves and in terms of of media and uh, in whatever form it is to yeah. be selective about what that is because we have multiple choices that way and as you were saying to you know choose where we spend our time so if we've been getting that negative input you know cutting it off and then looking for the positive or the more uplifting kinds of things to add to our life yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's by all means, you know, I think media has a very strong presence in our lives and has a lot of great positive attributes, but it's about making sure that it's filling your cup up. Um, as someone that, you know, myself, I have a very a large social media presence, but I also make sure that I'm not on it all the time because there's got to be a balance, a habitual balance around how I'm investing in my own energy as well. So, you know, what I would say to the listeners is making sure that, you know, you're, you're, whatever you're choosing to partake time and energy in is filling your cup up, meaning that it's nourishing for you. And the moment that it's not nourishing for you, then you need to look at the relationship that you're having with it. You know, we live in a very um, AI-driven society and there's nothing wrong with having AI influence in our life. 
as long as that we're keeping it in check, like anything, you know, uh, what we feed ourselves feeds us, you know, it's no different to the food that we put in our body. If we want optimal return on investment, you know, then we need to make sure that whatever we're subscribing to, whatever we're committed to, whatever we're investing our time and energy in is actually giving us a return on investment. And if it's not, they're not feeling guilty and saying, you know what, that's actually not good for me. There's simple things that we can do to reverse the, the imbalance and it can be taking yourself out to nature. It might be, you know, going um, to spend time in the garden if you're a green thumb. It might be um, taking yourself out to get a coffee and going for a walk. It might be going to the coast if you live near the coast. It might be going to the lake if you live near a lake and walking around the lake. It might be just sitting outside on your deck. You know, watching the birds and having a cup of tea or, you know, if it's later in the day and you want to have a glass of wine, have a glass of wine. There are other ways in which that you can power down and experience life without being plugged into AI and to um, other people's projections of opinions. And I think that's the other important thing when we talk about transformation is that someone's opinion is an opinion. It's not a definitive. Only we as individuals determine whether that's an absolute truth for us or not, if it's in alignment with our own beliefs and values, our own moral compass. Otherwise, it's just a projected opinion. And so when we look at managing fear and when we look at how we're spending our time, the scaling of it and coming back into self is doing things that bring you joy. You know, if you're an artist, spend some time creating your art. Um, if you love music, listen to music. Finding that balance that works for you so you can come back into harmony within self rather than feeling that state of anxiousness um, that is that is very palpable. It's very real. You know, fear is very real. It's a very real energy that's there. But how it influences and controls our life, well, we're in control of that absolutely every day. So on the point of uh, the the media and social platforms, I did view some of your Facebook posts. And I have to say that, you know, looking at that, listening to even just one every so often is uplifting, can give us that boost and that energy uh, to build within ourselves that, I think, self-care and and nourish the self-awareness. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, there are there are lots of really positive, affirming um, community groups and individuals that are sharing really uplifting, positive, transformative heart um, emergence uh, content. And again, it's, it's not that there's a right or a wrong in this. There's, and definitely, you know, I don't want it to be that I'm anti-media uh, at all. You know, I, I'm really blessed and thankful for the media exposure that I've had throughout my own career. I think it's just, you know, if we come back to the singular, to the individual, you know, personally, I write up, uplifting and expansive, thought-provoking, heart-emergence content. But not everybody out there does that. And that doesn't mean that one's superior and one's inferior. It's about what speaks to that individual that I'm speaking to. Those people that follow me and and connect to my content isn't going to speak to everybody. It's not going to be the right medicine for everybody. So what what I really want for the listeners to take away is to make sure that whatever you're reading, whatever you're watching, whatever you're listening, you're still your body is still digesting that your emotional mental intelligence is still digesting that information just make sure whatever it is that you're feeding yourself that it's honoring who you are 
that it's making you feel good about who you are. If you're busy watching things or reading things that make you feel less as a woman, less about your weight, less about how you look, how you should be received in the world, then unplug from that. That's not healthy. Mm-hmm. The same can be said for men. If you're busy watching something, reading something, connecting to something that makes you feel less as a man, then don't, don't put yourself through that pain and trauma. Unplug yourself from that. Connect to things that make you feel electric, make you feel alive, have gratitude, that love all the things that you have in and around you. It's not about material stuff. It's about your experiences and your connection to those experiences and the people in which that you can share those experiences with. And I think that when you can find the positive in that there is a lot of great information to access, filter it. You know, we, we vet things when we're creating a new friendship. We vet to see whether they're going to be the right person for us. Treat media the same. Is this going to be the right relationship for me? Am I going to get something really good out of this? And if you kind of teeter on them, well, I don't know, well, then, it, you know, maybe you've got to park it and keep keep searching. Don't be afraid to search for things that elevate you, you know. And I think the other thing that's important in this is that not to feel guilt for being happy or to actually feel good about yourself. You know, we live in a dynamic time right now that there is a lot of sorrow and a lot of grief and um, a lot of fear around what COVID has brought into our collective And so there are some individuals that don't want to share their joy and their happiness because they feel that they actually shouldn't. And it's important that if we're going to actually create more autonomy and celebrate what's good in the world and what's good in our communities and good in our homes is that we should be speaking up about the good. Because if we only drown out all that's wrong, then that's all that people can see. And from... uh all of this important and such valuable input, I the word choice really comes right forefront in my mind that to remember that we have that power. It's our decision. We choose what it is that is going to help us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think you could probably think of times in your life where you have felt you don't have choice and that's a normal response where we go, I don't really have a choice in this situation right now. We always do. We have a choice on whether it's the right fit for us, whether we feel aligned to it, whether we want to, we don't want to. More often than not, and it's more that more a learned behaviour that we we model or we observe from other people throughout our life that have felt that they have not had choice and done things that they have not ideally wanted to do or that's honouring who they are. And so we convince ourselves that that's the same or we don't actually have a choice. But every single day that we wake up, we have a choice how we want to feel. We have a choice how we want to interact with the world. If we want to interact with the world, you know, if today's the day that I actually feel like I just need to have a little bit of self-care and have a bit bit of a mental health day where I'm actually not connecting and giving myself out to the world. I'm just giving myself to me. And I'm really just honouring that exchange. Um, But choice, absolutely. The way that we spend our money, who we spend our money with, who we choose to hang out with, who we choose to communicate with, who we choose to love, we always have choice. And, you know, it's that we are the the destiny writers of our our future. You know, our our destiny, we're in control of that and how we want to, how and what we want to do every single day and how we want to experience and feel about that every single day. 
And, uh, and it's important to remember that, that even through our adversities, even through the really funky times where we feel our most stretched and we feel our most pressured and kind of feel like, you know, we, we don't know what's next, we still have choice. We have choice in that even if there is externalities that are influencing what's happening for us, we still have choice in how we want to emotionally respond to that and how we want to digest it and how we want to feel about it. We're always in a position of choice, absolutely unwaveringly, Kate. You are just truly such an inspiration, Ashra, that you give us such good ideas and and I trust, I mean, for me, I can feel it, the encouragement and the uh, motivation to just search. So I offer to our listeners, if you want to learn more about Ashra Bennett uh, and how she can help you to transform, please visit ashraglobal.org. And there's a wealth of information there and lots of ways to connect with you and learn more, right, Ashra? Yeah, absolutely. And please reach out if I can help you in any capacity in your life, whether it be professionally or personally, interpersonally. There is a wealth of free information uh, available, uh, but absolutely, I do offer a wide spectrum of services to help support people, whatever part of their journey that they're on in their life right now. Well, we are so much the better for that because there is uh, this is as we were saying right at the outset, this is the time for major transformational change. Yeah, absolutely. And just remember that we all have the power and how we want the unknown to look like because we're all co-creating it and writing it together day in, day out. So it can be whatever we would like it to be. Indeed. Well, again, my gratitude to you for doing what you do, but of course that is your gift and your your living example of what you are teaching us and encouraging us to be, right? Yes. Yes, yes I love it. I wouldn't do anything else. It's, it's uh, what I was born to do. So thank you very much, Kay. I really enjoyed being here and, and sharing some and on passing some wisdom with the listeners. Very wonderful. And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Ashra Bennett and Sunday Morning Magazine with Dr. Adia Harvey-Wingfield. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate you are sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For information you might have missed or details you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Simply click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest name. I now wish you and your family a day of self-awareness and feeling empowered to move forward. Have a week of the same. And then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.